0: I go about depression is reintroducing people to their own inner authority. You'll see this in more severe cases, like we're looking more bipolar, schizophrenia, but they call phlegm misting the heart. And so it's like this density, so you have to go clean house and clear the phlegm and you can do that through diet, through herbs. Some people, they're just born naturally depressed and I really think that that's just like this phlegm that's kind of separated their spirit from themselves
1: why wow, I just got into a pit when you were doing that. And I don't think I've ever gotten into a pit on a podcast like, that. like All right, everyone. I have a very special guest. My first of 2024. And I wanted to start the year off with a bang. I mean, I got someone who is a bucket of knowledge and is my go-to for so many things when it comes to healing. Now, check this out. Nadia Ramo is a Chinese medicine doctor, acupuncturist, herbalist, and like I said, a reservoir of information for information you've never heard. So we're going to go talk about infertility, period pains, anxiety, stomach aches, shoot, digestion, everything from the context of Chinese medicine. And I promise you, you are going to be intrigued by some of the stuff that's coming out of this woman's mouth. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Dr. Bones.
0: Dr. Bones.
1: This is, this is your, this is your Instagram name. Look, we have a mutual community of friends. Mm-hmm. You we've been in each other's orbit for a while. We're friends now. Yeah. We're buddies. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, I as soon as I saw your page, I followed it. Because the the way that you present information is fun and it is passionate and it's quirky, right? And yeah. and, and this is where we vibe together because we got that little quirk quirky. <laughs> <Totally. laughs> you know, we got the quirky. But um, you know, off camera we were talking about something really blew that blew my mind and it was that period pains period pains consistent period pains are they connected to anger in the liver
0: yeah yeah so in Chinese medicine the womb is very much related to the liver and chi and energy and liver is the element of wood which the wood element Embodies the essence of anger and resentment and frustration and irritability, and so wound pain tends to be quite ancestral, generational. It's something that if your mom had endometriosis, and you're, you're most likely to have endometriosis, so it gets passed down through the family line. And to me, this is an indication that there is anger and resentment built up in the family line, and or the person in their lifetime maybe has anger and resentment inside of them. So I tend to utilize an acupuncture treatment to use needles to help move and soothe the liver chi and also using a little bit of dialogue and or even just palpation and touch to help them kind of release this anger and resentment. I think it's something that's really alive in the collective feminine in general for us just being repressed and expressing our emotions. And there's a lot of history around women who were really expressive being Beaten, hospitalized. So it's something that I feel like there's kind of a resurrection of, of allowing us to freely express. And right now the womb is like crying for it. So we're seeing chronic, epidemic menstrual irregular irregularity. And I think that that's because there's a collective just like call for the feminine right now to like let their anger come through.
1: Oh man, what a way to start. When you said. When women were basically punished for expression, I thought of Salem witch trials. Right, Like right. Full expression, let's burn you at the stake. Yeah. And although not as dramatic, there's still a fear that permeates society. And and I and I've been saying this, like from this patriarchal system, we can't have a woman empowered. That 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 literally threatens the structures of which we built our society. Right. right. Our our very unhealthy society but the patriarchal society. Now, let me go back to something you said. So we can assume then that a lot of women out there who are suffering with menstrual irregularities, any any issues with the womb, could be coming from a space of anger, repressed anger, uh, qi, you mentioned that word, that is sort of stuck. Mm-hmm. Would you agree?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, w- the way we look at the mechanism of pathology in Chinese medicine is there is an emotion, any emotion that doesn't get expressed will harbor in the body and congeal. And it becomes sort of like this vacuum of of pulling all of the chi and creates this density. And so then while that's happening on an energetic level, eventually over time, the tissues will congeal and the fascia will congeal and everything just starts to become more and more dense in that area. And then usually the posture will shift. Then there's a misalignment structurally happening in the body. So uh, that could be any emotion that's creating that, but the liver in Chinese medicine is responsible for coursing all of that and moving. It's like, it's, it's, it's related to a general, like in, in they give it kind of the, they organize different bo- uh, jobs for each organ. Yeah. And so the liver's job is to delegation and getting everything to move and course, so anytime someone has just stuck emotions that are harboring and creating density, it's going to be weighing down and then the liver is going to be kind of overwhelmed and then not being able to delegate as clearly and effectively. Mm. And then that can eventually lead to a broader liver chi stagnation diagnosis. And we'll often see irregular menstruation as mm. a part of that.
1: So, so to be clear, if there's any repression of emotion around the body, you're saying it's the liver's job to clear that.
0: Yeah, it's kind of, it's like you can, it's, you can call in the energy of the liver and, or you can use herbs that help move the liver. You can use points that help move the liver. And oftentimes you will see the emotions release itself.
1: But Chinese medicine wise, it's, that's the liver's job.
0: It's the liver's job for, for the movement of it.
1: It's pretty incredible because when you think about all of other, all the other studies around the liver, Let's say Western medicine, mm-hmm. we look at the liver as the filtration of toxins. Right. So it's sort of the energetic assumption that these emotions that are congealing are sort of toxic to the body. Exactly. And still being cleaned out.
0: Yeah. I always say if the organ has a physical function, you can always translate that into an energetic and emotional function. So even like the small intestine in Chinese medicine is known for the separation of turbidity and clarity and clear. Like what do we need to reabsorb back into our bloodstream and what do we need to let go of through the large intestine? So the small intestine is like doing that on a physical sense, but then also energetically it's like what... What energy do I need to absorb? What information do I want to take in and digest and, and embody? And what information do I just let go of and not listen to? And so the small intestine channel runs through our shoulder, runs through our shoulder blade and into our jaw and into our ear. And so you'll see a lot of times people that don't have that in discernment of what's, what's mine, what's not mine, oftentimes will have, like you can see pathology down those channels and down right. those meridians.
1: Right. And meridians coursing across the whole body so there can be an issue with the small intestine or with the organ but it can present on the shoulder or the neck right
0: right exactly
1: that's pretty incredible and 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 for me when i do emotional healing you can see an energetic movement and release and for me i believe they're traveling through those meridians Um, Mm -hmm. and, and that's why i have such a respect for chinese medicine is because They've been talking about this stuff ancient-wise. Now we have somatics going like, "Well, oh, I think emotions are here." No, 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 no. Go check what Chinese medicine has been <laughs> saying. So yeah. that's it's a beautiful part. But back to the anger, the anger piece. Mm-hmm. When we think about the womb, what does the womb represent in Chinese medicine?
0: The womb is is it gets like a few different translations of kind of like the palace of blood or the palace of, yeah, of fertility or or the feminine essence and energy. Um, So uh, like so much of the energy of blood and which is a huge part of Chinese medicine in terms of the uh, the health and vitality of somebody is related to the the womb. And so we look at menstruation as a big marker of of how a woman's health is doing. Uh, So when we see womb pathology but everything else is, is great and balanced that's a big sign that there's something deeper going on in the body and they might not see it in, in maybe their younger years in life, but then they're setting them up for maybe a really intense menopause or something. So we, and, and usually like hormonal issues down the line as, as the, everything is shifting in the elder years. So I've really used the womb to be like a big indication of how someone's health is doing. Mm-hmm. And I I kind of let that dictate sort of where someone, where a woman is at.
1: Mm. So what would be the levels of womb presentation that you would classify? Would it be like smooth periods, no period pain, I'm good, mid or heavy, or is there other parts or pathologies that you see that you put together? Like how does a, a, a womb that is under distress look on different levels? So people listening can go, wait a minute, I think I fall there.
0: Right. Uh, definitely any kind of premenstrual pain. So, um, and cramping is is fairly normal. I mean, it's the contraction of the muscle literally physically pushing the blood out. But if it's heavy, dense cramps that are making you not able to function, that's definitely a big indication. Also, the consistency of the blood is a big one too. Not too pale, not too dark. Are there clots? Um, so you want like a nice light kind of red color, you want it to be fluid five days to seven days every 28 days. So that's kind of the marker of someone that's in a really good balanced state. Um, so anything outside of that, anytime your menstruation is, is kind of debilitating you or getting in the way of your functioning in your daily life, that's a good indication to look at it. I will say though, a big issue is that culturally we do not recognize that a woman should honor her menstruation. And I think I also believe that a lot of women's irregular menses is actually just calling them to spend that time to come into the red tent, right? To come into the space of honoring your body in this moment of deep, deep release. I mean, it's something that in like the corporate world or in any workforce, it's super taboo to bring up. And it's not like you're actually looked at as weak if you bring it up. But I feel like personally, if I, I have Uh, you know, some people that work for me, and when they're on their moon, I encourage them to take the time off of work. And I I invite a paradigm and a system where women can be honored during that time. It's a time where we get a lot of downloads. It's a time where we can take in a lot of information about ourselves, around the collective. We are bleeding, we are purging, we are releasing. So I also believe that the womb is like calling us to come and tend to ourselves in that way. Mm
1: It would, what a beautiful marker that says, hey, in this month, take some time for yourself. Yeah. Because we in American society will have to have our leg falling off before we call off of work or, right. or stop this meeting, right? Mm-hmm. It's pretty crazy that we sort of mute our body signals for so long until it's screaming at us, our body. Right. But it's really clear now to understand sort of the barometer you use looking at periods, irregular periods, menstrual pain to really get an idea about what's going on. Yeah. You know, I'm a huge proponent of being proactive when it comes to prepping for travel days. If you find yourself getting sick when you fly, and I know a lot of you out there there raising your hand, there's a reason for that. The atmosphere in planes is kept at 10 to 20% humidity. I bet you didn't know that. Dry air dehydrates us much more quickly, pulling more moisture from our skin and breath. This means frequent flyers, like myself, need to hydrate and make sure our electrolyte intake is sufficient on travel days. This is why you need to be drinking a lot of water with good quality electrolytes. My favorite way to get those electrolytes is with Element. The team at Element uses science-backed electrolyte ratio of 1000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams of magnesium. But just as important as what's in Element is what they left out, those dodgy ingredients, the stuff that I pull out on the show, the stuff that I talk about, right? Public health's number one enemy, sugar like a lot of the electrolyte powders out there. Using a supplement like Element will get you those needed electrolytes for your travel days, preventing dehydration, headaches, supporting energy levels, minimizing those effects of jet lag that a lot of you get, including me. And how many of us are just dehydrated when we're flying? And that's what's predisposing us to getting really sick. A lot of people get sick when flying. Element is offering Heal Thyself listeners, you, a free Element sample pack when you purchase using my link, drinkelement.com DRG. The Element Sample Pack includes one packet of every flavor. Perfect for anyone who's interested in trying out all of Element's flavors, and they're fantastic. Find out which one you love. So the liver, this is the the organ that is clearing out emotional toxicity, let's say for lack of better terms. Right. Um, How do, is there a way of seeing, let's say you and I walk around the streets of downtown L.A., is there a way that I can tell and you can tell ooh, that person's liver is stagnant and it's not working well. What's, like, how do we see that in the presentation of a human being?
0: I would say irritability is a really big sign that you see quite often. Um, you know, your classic Karen, she's probably got a lot of big, she's got like that, that archetype ha- is like liver cheese stagnation. Just like ready to lash out and find the thing to put the anger out because they're not looking at the anger within themselves
1: powerful. Yeah. Uh, so, so Karen's got liver chi stagnation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. So what does Karen need?
0: So Karen can, um, I mean, one really easy, simple way that's accessible to start moving your liver cheese is to get some dandelion greens in your system. So go get a smoothie and like any type of smoothie that's like a detox mm. branded or not smoothie, but juice, yeah. any type of juice that's like detox and that mentions things like dandelion greens that's a great way to go I mean I saute up dandelion greens pretty consistently I in Chinese medicine we each have a constitution so this is our our like element that we are kind of born prone to have a lot of issues with throughout our life so I'm a wood constitution um, so I tend to get angry angry and irritable so for me having consistent dandelion greens in my diet is really important for me Um, another way is to go get acupuncture and move and soothe that liver chi liver chi stagnation people need movement it is critical Mm -hmm. so movement is probably one of the best ways to start coursing and moving the energy and so and most people that have like anger and rage when they exercise it's just like significantly subsides and that's like that's telling you that their liver chi is starting to move And course through the blood so getting the blood circulation going and heart rate up
1: okay if you're a karen join the gym start moving that energy start working out (laughs) yeah go to your juice shop get the darkest green dandelion green smoothie or drink drink uh, the green drink drink it up and then let those emotions out let it flow out
0: yeah yeah and having a healthy catharsis for your anger you know there's a different People starting to recognize, especially like among women's groups that I know, like we are starting to call forth. Like, where can we like safely express our anger? It's a primal emotion, and the way that like we look at all of the primal emotions, you know, anger, grief, joy, uh, fear, and worry. Those are like the five primary emotions. Like, we can't escape those emotions, no matter what we go through in life. You are going to feel anger. So, what is your relationship? to anger, and how can you safely express it? For me, like, getting out into nature and just like screaming and yelling and just like moving my body among nature and just going into this really primal place to just let the anger channel through um, so I don't lash it out on people, you know? And I notice that if I am really triggered with somebody, I'm having a really intense conversation and the blood starts to boil, I, being a liver constitution person, like, I need to go outside and move and walk before we revisit the conversation and starting to catch yourself in those patterns.
1: Mm-hmm. How, you, you said you're a wood constitution. How do I even know? Is there a test I take online? Do, 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 you, do you tell me? Well, how do I know what constitution I am now?
0: You know, the constitution conversation is like, it's, it, every practitioner, it's a little bit subjective to the practitioner's, like, lineage of the medicine that they're looking at. I mean, Chinese medicine is kind of a broad, picture of so many different lineages and ways you can practice so it sort of depends but i would say right off the bat you're probably a liver as well there's like bigger eyes um when your body like when you can see a lot of the tendons in like your body and stuff and kind of wiry yeah wiry which in the pulse liver pulse is wiry
1: you you did my pulse a while ago we're gonna do it later but you told me it was wiry yeah okay yeah so
0: like a wiry pulse um And, like, definitely somebody that needs to have, like, if you know you're someone that needs movement to balance, that's a good indication that you're the wood element. I think I'm woody. Yeah, I feel like you're woody.
1: Because, you know, I need, like, those African drums to really get that energy. Exactly. Yeah. And then I'm, like, I'm in a trance, and then that energy moves through me. Yeah. It's really powerful. So, But in nature, right? Like, I need a fire around me. Like, that's, like, the best way. So, um, what other elements are there?
0: Uh. Fire, earth, metal, and water.
1: And what what are their, like, characteristics like?
0: So uh, fire is, like, joy and passion. That's the heart and and small intestine. There's always a yin and a yang pair. Um, And then earth is worry, overthinking. You know, that think of earth, the mother. Um, And then metal is lung and large intestine. And you have grief and melancholy, depression. So also, like, the lungs in uh, Ayurvedic and even Chinese medicine perspective like to where we take in breath where we take in spirit so the disconnect from like our spirit disconnect from life like can bring us into deep depression so you'll see like people that are kind of tend to be very depressed very metal energy oh. um, and mental like the mind is very metal and so uh, like an overactive mind is the idea metal is sort of like man because man forges metal and so um, or forges metal so it's Like, yeah, that's the essence of metal. Um, Also letting go and just like the surrender is very mental too. And then water is fear. Fear. Which is kidneys and urinary bladder.
1: Okay. Yeah. And those are the folks who are just always like, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? What's going to happen?
0: Yeah. Water constitutions, you don't see them as much because they're homebodies. And so the water constitution wants to just like be home in their safe space.
1: Because the world isn't safe.
0: Because the world isn't safe. Yeah, there's a lot of fear.
1: You see, this resonates a lot because you're saying this, and I'm remembering the archetypes of different clients I've seen Mm -hmm. who sort of embody that. I I definitely know the grief one. I can see it in their face. I can feel it in their posture. I can see it in their posture. I can feel it in their energy. Um, And and then you think of the overthinkers. It's funny, like, something I'm fascinated with is uh, physical expressions, like genetic, physical, phenotypic expressions of the genes that are influenced by these emotions and/or constitutions, that actually, where people I look alike. You just mentioned me, big eyes, and I'm th- I'm thin, wiry. Yeah. Like, I, there's something to it. And and I and lately I've been leaning into like looking around and feeling that into people. Right. But really, I'm just feeling into those commonalities that probably were discovered many years ago, yeah. you know, Thousands of years ago. But um, it really piques my interest. I love talking about that stuff. All right. So, let's say. When I think of. Anger. I think of people who are always clenching their jaw. Mm-hmm. Their, their, sort of their neck is always, you could see the tendons in their neck, right? right? Their muscles are really tense in their neck. Let's say someone comes into, you, into your office for T, TMD, right? Their, their, their joint is uh-huh. just inflamed and it's, it's locking. A lot of people suffer with temporal mandibular disorder, TMJ, right. and the, the TMJ. What's going on there? Is there an emotional piece there?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, we look at that as a lot of the chi is rising up. And so it's, there's the yin energy, which anchors and grounds, it's the fluids in the body, and then the yang energy, which is like metabolic function, action. Um, So when the yang rises, you'll start to see things like chronic migraines, or, you know, even like high blood pressure, but also things as well as the jaw. So there's a lack of yin anchoring the yang in these people. And usually an overactive mind will kind of create the separation between the yin and the yang. And so you'll see that, and you'll see that in people that tend to be anxious, tend to be thinking a lot, and then they're not taking a deep breath, shallow breathing, because right, shallow breathing, yes. you're just inviting the energy to just stay up yes. rather than dropping yeah, the breath down, down. And you're when you when every time you deep breathe, you're merging the yang back into the yin, and we want like a union of the two, right? I mean, it'll always be an ebb and flow, the tide rises, the tide falls, but- Anything you see in, the, in like the neck up that's overactive, it's usually an indication that you need to anchor your young.
1: Now I know, if you've been listening to Heal Thyself, you already know that great health starts in the gut. I have so many gut-centric shows, so many gut-centric guests, which is why I use SEEDS DSO-1, daily symbiotic to support a healthy gut immune function. So for many years, I've had a very sensitive digestive system. When I take SEED consistently, I feel that my gut is a lot happier, let's say for lack of better terms, right? Because when your gut is inflamed and anxious, you are going to feel it. It's gonna be heartburn, it's gonna be bloating, it's gonna be constipation, it's gonna be diarrhea, it's gonna be a nervous stomach. Seed puts out that forest fire in the gut and it's really helpful because you want to diversify and seed the bacteria in your gut so you have better overall functioning. It fits into my daily routine easily. Open it up, take it in the morning, Sometimes I take it in the afternoon. Sometimes I forget to take it in the morning, afternoon. I take it at night. It doesn't matter. I take it with food. I take it without food. I just get it in there, and I notice a difference. So listen to your gut with Seeds DS-01 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com DRG and use the code 25DRG. You're going to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off of your first month of Seeds DS-01 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com DRG. Into the code 25DRG, get your gut going, get your gut healing, reduce that inflammation. The gut is where the health starts. Seed is fantastic. Go check it out.
0: Mm. Um, And so there could be many emotions correlated to that. I think all of the emotions could play a part in that. It's just like how the person's expressing it or not expressing it.
1: Right. So it's more of a rising in the overthinking energy that is lending to that. In the jaw.
0: Right. Yeah. Or even like, I mean, it could be overthinking, which would be like an earth element, which that stomach channel runs through here. So a lot of the channels run through the jaw. So you also have gallbladder channel, which runs through the jaw, which is wood. So that could be anger and resentment. And then you have... Um, you also have, well, you have small intestine, which is a fire channel. So, And there's there's divergent channels, which are like these more deeper channels, pathways of the certain organs. So some of the divergent channels will go through the jaw. So the jaw is definitely one that you have to kind of like get a little bit more information about their mm-hmm. daily life of what, what emotion is correlated to it.
1: What are other manifestations of elevated yang energy rising?
0: Um, de- like... Red eyes and just kind of like, definitely someone a little bit like irritable, high blood pressure, um, and migraines, headaches, Mm. ear ringing.
1: Mm. That's when you're all you're. It's it's indicative that that energy. Not only are you shallow breathing, that energy's up in up in the air.
0: Yeah, it's it's yeah. There's kind of two main different differentiating patterns with ear ringing. Uh, You could have like serious yin deficiency which is automatically gonna make yeah. the yang rise or you have a lot of excess yang. Mm,
1: so it could be deficiency or excess, depending on Yeah. It. So to contrast then, yin, uh what does it look like when someone is too much yin, too 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 not up and too down?
0: Too down, yeah. So heavy limbs, uh lethargic, tired, bloating, um edema, loose stools. Yeah, like swelling, sushi swelling around the joint area. Okay, so it, yeah. it,
1: interesting when you when you think about it, it, it there's a it, they're just like symptoms of heaviness and symptoms of like elevation, like exactly like too much heat, fire energy, or something, mm-hmm. and then too much like oh, like heavy water energy. Yeah, that's sort of the way that I. But it's it's so interesting that we don't learn this in medical school right. because every doctor should consider this as part of their diagnosis. Right. Cause that makes a more comprehensive doctor out there.
0: A yeah. professional. Automatically just makes, makes you look at it holistically. Yeah. Uh, and also getting like, I mean, just basic things of like, do you run hot or do you run cold? Mm. You know? And, and from that is such important information. Like, do I need to prescribe this person more warming herbs or more cooling herbs? Does this person need to really like, like generate heat or do they really need to cool down you know and so and being able and there's so many lifestyle things you can do to address that body temperature kind of signaling to you
1: yeah i want to go into that i really do because there's a lot of people out there that go wait a minute i run hot i run cold but if i run cold here i am having smoothies every morning having salads all day Are we making the wrong dietary decisions without even ever considering what our own inherent state of heat or cold or deficiency or excess looks like?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the one thing that like right away, if I'll tell a, a patient, you know, stop drinking ice water, they're... Digestion significantly gets better. You know, stop eating raw foods and and smoothies. Um, Even if you are someone that runs really, really warm, you don't want to overdo it on the the raw diet as well, because it's just like you're draining your digestive fire into like constantly metabolizing food. And so usually those types of people will just kind of be a little bit like brain foggy or a little brain dead because it's like all of the fire energy is focused on their digestion. So you want like a good balance of cooked foods, so then it's less, so it's less, um, yeah, just less demanding for the energy, like all the chi, like, charges for your belly, and it's not circulating through the whole body.
1: So generally speaking, from a Chinese medicine perspective, how much percent raw food should we be eating versus cooked?
0: Well, that just depends. Are you, If you are someone that runs very warm, then maybe like 20% raw Eighty percent. If you are someone that runs cold, probably hundred percent warm.
1: Whoa, really? you know, yeah. So, so it's interesting because I think I tend to run cold. Yeah. And for a long time, I was really into like the majority of like raw, enzymatically preserved foods. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't cook that much. Um, yeah. And even if I like stored food, I'd be like on the go, so I wouldn't even warm it up. And I remember my digestion being terrible. Of course. Terrible. Yeah. And and it wasn't until years ago I learned, hey, you need to, like, warm up your foods more. I was like, okay, let me try that. Or eat more grounding soups. and earth. Where did all that bloating go? Right. Right? And you're saying it's because all of that digestive fire was used for digesting. Right. Versus all the other functions.
0: Yeah. It just creates inflammation.
1: Whoa. Okay. So now, okay, we talked about the food. What about other things? Now, I got something controversial to talk about. Ooh, this is going to be good. Cold tubs are a rage. (laughs) People love jumping in cold water. They love jumping in cold tubs, taking cold showers. Now, from the Chinese medicine perspective, should we be doing that all year round?
0: Uh, That's such a controversial topic. Um, And it's a debate within the acupuncture community. So I don't want to say that I have a clear answer. One thing I do say is do not cold plunge when you're menstruating that's just a big one. Um, and because it's a time to release, it's a time to let go. And, but menstruation is blood circulating to purge, you know? So it's like very counterintuitive. Um, I also think if you are someone that's generally running really cold and you, or if you're someone that's like needing a heat pad to soothe your pain, maybe lay off the, lay off the cold plunge. Also, you know, one of my teachers that's an incredible acupuncturist, he's all about both. Do, if you're going to do cold therapy, absolutely supplement it with heat therapy and just make sure you balance it between the two. And I know in the cold plunge community, they're like, finish with the cold plunge because that gets, makes you feel really energized for the day. And he's like, finish with the heat because wow. then your body's relaxed and the blood's circulating and you just kind of leave with that, like, mm-hmm. you know, with that sort of relaxed state in the body. So
1: I like controversy. Yeah that's a nice controversial
0: one. It's a good controversial one. I mean, I also just think like tune into how you feel, you know, and I was cold plunging pretty consistently every day for a while and my low back started to hurt. And so the low back is like kidney yang energy, keeps the low back really vital and healthy. So that's like the fire of the kidneys. And I feel like just the cold plunge was putting my kidney fire out. Yeah. So I'm kind of more of like, you know, occasionally I'll I'll cold plunge. I don't feel called to do it all the time.
1: I I the same. Yeah. Uh, I, actually, my Chinese medicine doctor said, you better stop cold plunging all winter, because I was jumping in the ocean in the winter. Yeah. And then she's like, Christian, you are the type that when it's cold and it's wet, cold damp in the winter. Yep. I, I'm a shell of myself. I'm not mm-hmm. even a human being anymore. Yeah. I'm just literally like a. You know the cicadas that leave their body and they're just shells. That, that's me all winter. If I if I get too much damn cold in my body, right? So um, yeah, yeah. And it makes and it makes so much sense. Now, what lifestyle or foods is from a Chinese medicine perspective can lend to anxiety? And how does anxiety arise in Chinese medicine? There has to be different mechanisms, I know. But like, how do you see anxiety? And what things are we doing in our lives without knowing mm-hmm. that could be making it worse?
0: So a, a big consistent correlation I see with anxiety is people have stagnation down their stomach meridian, which is a meridian that goes through the mind. It also goes from the eye, penetrates through the brain, through the jaw, down the midbody, all the way to then your middle toe. So it's a big, big, big channel. And very consistently, I'll see anxiousness with stomach um, channel, like just tightness and tension and stagnation. So stomach, really gets inflamed with like spicy, greasy, fried foods. So that's like the big three. Like I tell people do not have, you know, fried, greasy, oily seed oils and, um, yeah. And, and like lay off the intense chilies and all that. So that's a big one that right away I notice anxious people will already feel pretty remedied i know going into so anxiousness obviously is a little bit we think of fiery right like it's kind of just this like burning out because we get exhausted from being anxious it's exhausting so it's really burning out so i like to really supplement the the fire with earth element because earth is kind of the essence of dampness and so and obviously water too so i just make sure people are really hydrated Eating things like congee and kitchery, like something that's like on the bland porridgey side, oatmeal in the mornings. So when we don't have to digest as much for the foods like less digestively demanding, it'll help ease some of the anxiousness because the digestive fire will sort of like irritate the the heart and the stomach and then kind of create the flare up of the fire throughout mm. the body.
1: And that's the anxiety.
0: And that's the anxiety. Yeah. Mm. I mean it could be the, yeah, it could be a lot of it also could be like yang rising from deficient yin. It could also be I mean a lot of times I just think anxiety is your body asking you to express something you're not expressing.
1: That's where I go from.
0: And so and so that could also just be like some, you know, that could be expressing also in in like a liver chi stagnation pattern, mm. right? Mm-hmm.
1: Now, I don't take a lot of supplements, but one of the ones I've been taking for years is omega-3 oils. They're across the board so important for brain health, nervous system health. When it comes to the fish oils, I take the O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil from Peori. Now, this is important. Not all fish oils are created equal. You can't just go to the store, the drugstore online and expect your fish oil to be a high quality one. Why? because there's the concept of rancidity. What happens is over time when it's on the shelves, they're broken down, uh, they're oxidized, and you're not getting the full benefit of the oils that we deserve. Also on top of that, there's a processing. You might not be getting a quality oil, you might not be getting full fish oil, it might be contaminated with impurities. Now with O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil from Peori, I know I'm getting a premium, pure, and potent source of omega-3s that support my heart, my brain, my eyes, my cellular health. Because with Piore, each batch of every product is clean certified and third party tested by the Clean Label Project against more than 200 contaminants, including heavy metals and pesticides. You want to make sure your officials are clean. This is one of the most notorious supplements out there that are adulterated. And I love this. Every Piore body comes with a QR code with those specific test results. Remember I told you about company accountability and transparency. This is super rare. I don't know many companies who are out there and doing it. That's why Peori is fantastic. So right now, Peori is offering you, the Heal Thyself listener, 20% off of their O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil and all their products. You even get 20% on top of the already discounted subscription price with my code, almost a third of the price. To get this offer, go to Peori, P-U-O-R-I dot com and use my promo code DRG. That's P-U-O-R-I dot com slash DRG. Don't miss out. Use the promo code DRG at Peori.com/slash Dr. G. Get yourself some high quality fish oils from this fantastic and transparent company. Uh, so many people are anxious without ever being empowered enough to know. Yeah. Well, what can I do? What things in my life, maybe even foods you were talking about, are really making it worse. What emotions am I not expressing? Yeah. And it's crazy that we still do this in medicine as we give you this medication to to temper the very thing that is the signal for your body it's 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 just still wild to me that we're even in this place that that's the standard but not with people like you and me talking about it right right
0: yeah and I mean I tell people like you know congee or rice porridge isn't going to fix your anxiety but what it's going to do is just kind of still the waters you know like a bland diet it's like think of like the a monk and what they're eating in a temple or the idea of Sattvic diet from an Ayurvedic medicine perspective. It's the idea of keeping the mind clear and keeping like the pathways open so then that thing that's causing the anxiety can bubble up to the surface and be very clear I of what it. it is.
1: So generally speaking, if someone out there is suffering with anxiety, from a food perspective, Chinese medicine, get go bland. Yeah, Eat bland, let's say for a few days, and then see what your body's trying to show you with that anxiety. Exactly. Because you're saying if we're eating greasy, spicy foods, we're still kind of putting that anxiety under the rug. Yeah, we're not even looking at it.
0: Stirring up the fire.
1: Man, and in and, and Chinese medicine, is, is spicy food just not a good thing in general?
0: Um, if you it, If you've got a lot of like dampness and density, it actually could be good because the fire will break up the like density. So it's kind of another constitutional thing. Like Sichuan peppers is a huge sort of ingredient for a lot of Chinese medicine dishes. Mm. But that's definitely wanting, you're wanting to do that more of like spring to fall time, um, like in the season of the fire.
1: How about depression in the yeah. in the in the context of Chinese medicine? How do you guys see depression?
0: Yeah. Um, a lot of times there's like a lack, we call the Shen the spirit. And our spirit is housed in the palace of our heart. That's kind of the translation. And so we have an inner emperor or empress inside of us, that's our spirit. And when the emperor is inside of the palace and feels disempowered, maybe it's inside of the palace, doesn't even know it's in the palace. Maybe the emperor doesn't even know it's an emperor. It's like It's like this disconnect from our own spirit so the way I go about depression is reintroducing people to their own inner authority and their own inner sort of soul and side of the palace of their heart. I see patterns where it's like there's this really common pattern. It's, you'll see this in more severe cases, like we're looking more bipolar, schizophrenia, but they call phlegm misting the heart. And it's like the idea of phlegm literally just like imagine just blurring all the windows of the palace so then the emperor can't even see outside. And so it's like this density, so you have to go clean house and clear the phlegm and you can do that through diet, through herbs. Um, phlegm's a really sticky mechanism and um, I'm on a whole hype right now around the phlegm is, is actually like, it could be actually inherited, it could be ancestral. That, like, because phlegm being this sticky mechanism, so like there was something that happened, some trauma that happened that we stored in our body, and that got passed down through the family line. And it's the phlegm like sticking to the DNA, sticking to the lineal like forces. And so for some people, they're just born naturally depressed. And I really think that that's just like this phlegm that's kind of separated their spirit from themselves.
1: Wow, well, I just got an intuitive hit when you were doing that. And I don't think I've ever got intuitive hit on a podcast like that. <laughs> Like I felt like I like, shoo, like I went through my body. <laughs> yes. Because I've been sort of mapping my own work. Yeah. And it was so mirrored by what you just said. The way that I see depression is someone disconnected from self. Yeah. And depression being the body's way of saying stop being this avatar that you are. But but you said the empress emperor is in the heart empress, mm-hmm. same thing. So the way that I would treat depression is is, is through activating the joy. But, right. but, 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 but it's the same thing, yeah. because that is our true expression of self. But then you said the part about the phlegm. And for me, the thing that blocks that joy is the emotional repression that could be inherited through generations. Exactly. So for me, phlegm signifies emotional repression, but phlegm is just like that. It's sticky. It's gunky. It's blocking. Blocking the windows, misting the windows. So yep. that's why the intuitive hit came, because your language just resonated and paralleled with the things that have been going on in my head lately. Right. It's fantastic. I, I I'm feeling it. Yeah. Listen, we yeah. got we gotta we gotta we gotta put something out to the world. We we got We gotta slap hands and, and figure something out what, because this is really powerful stuff. So, <clears throat> when we think about all of these lifestyle things, there's so much that people it's endless. Do. It's endless. I've seen supplement closets, top to bottom shelf. Yeah. Thousands of dollars. Yeah. I love herbs. You love herbs. You're next level though. <laughs> we could go on a walk, and you'd be like, "Oh, that looks like passion flower. Look at the stem. The root can be used for this tea." You know, like, "Yeah, I'll do an herb walk with you." Yeah, I can't lead an herb walk, but if you say it, I'll be able to tell like what what it does. Now, Chinese medicine is very personalized mm-hmm. based on X, Y, and Z. You get this herb formula, this one, this one. But generally speaking, what are some really powerful herbs that are so helpful for people that we can start? At least keeping our eye on, start researching, and maybe asking more about.
0: Yeah, oof, um, so hard to choose a few. Uh, I mean, there's such a long, beautiful history with Taoism and Chinese medicine and and reishi mushrooms. Yeah, I mean, and and getting good reishi. Not a tattoo. Yeah, I have a reishi tattoo. Um. Uh, yeah, and getting good quality rishi, I mean, making your own tea, like getting sliced rishi from an organic farm, and then you can throw it in your bone broth. If you cook bone broth, you could throw it in your soups and just get the extraction that way of it. Uh, you could buy tinctures online. There's a lot of great avenues of getting and acquiring rishi. Just make sure you're getting it from a good source because right. I feel like a lot of people don't get to get the essence of what the medicine can bring because they're getting crappy quality products. Mm-hmm. And I know you know all about that. So, and it, and you just like are missing it entirely. Uh, but, but yeah, good quality Rishi, it's profound how incredibly relaxing it is. It's like it takes you on a journey but without a psychedelic component of it, but like the body goes on a journey. Like I feel a pulse in the palms of my hands when I consume a lot of Rishi. And um, also there's just an endless list of the prevention from from cancer and other cardiovascular, issues as well as helping to treat those types of things as well Um, turkey tail is another big one that's in the in like the chinese medicine apothecary Um, i one of my favorite chinese herbs is one called dujong it's eucomia bark and it's the bark of this type of chinese rubber tree and you can and when you when you break the fibers apart it has this like glossy sheath like our fascia and this herb will repair broken bones it also help heal tendons and ligaments. I personally broke a bone, and you know, standard bone break six weeks. I had my bone fully fused and back to normal in two weeks because I was consuming high doses of this. Um, so that's and also that one's a good kidney yang tonic. So adaptogenic. It'll give you a lot of fire. It's also one that will treat um, like a like a pregnancy that's maybe potentially leading to a miscarriage. They call it restless fetus and it'll treat restless fetus. And I've used high doses on women that were, um, in pregnancy bleeding and mm-hmm. stuff. And it, it helped pretty, pretty mm-hmm. rapidly. Um, what's another good Chinese herb? I mean, cinnamon bark is like a big one. It's there's, there's sort of like a, they call them the 10 key formulas there. It's sort of like these 10 formulas that a lot of the Chinese formulas are branched off of that are all patented so cinnamon is like the 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 chief herb in a lot of these um, in in one of the ten key formulas. So I just think cinnamon's great because it invigorates the blood. It's great for menstruation. It's great if you get sick. It's just like a good all around apothecary mm. ingredient. Mm. I don't know. I could kind of go on and on and on. No, I know you can. Nettle is a good one to have on hand. It's not a Chinese traditional herb. Um, well, nettle grows all over the world. I mean, it's kind of everywhere. But I feel like consuming nettle consistently helps with your joints, helps with hormone regulation. I'm
1: going to talk to you about Organifi's new Shilajit supplement. It's fantastic. Most of us could use more energy in our day, but as you know, I'm not a proponent of caffeine sources pushing that energy out of you. So when it comes to getting more energy, we have to look at the root causes of our own fatigue. It turns out two main factors are at play, chronic stress and lack of nutrition. Organifi created a delicious superfood blend that addresses both of these problems. They use adaptogenic herbs and mushrooms to help balance your cortisol levels associated with stress, and to make it easier to add in more nutrients to your day. One of my favorite products of theirs across the board is Shilajit. Now, let me take a moment and say this. Shilajit train I never jumped on because there's so many companies over the years that have come out, and I've always had a huge concern over Shilajit. It's mineral-rich, but by virtue of that, it can be heavy metal-rich, too. So I never found a company that properly tested for Shilajit and heavy metals. And if I'm taking this every day for minerals, I wanna make sure I'm not exchanging that for also heavy metals too. So it wasn't until Organifi came out with their Shilajit gummies that were tested for heavy metals and were clean that I finally got on the Shilajit train. Now I'm taking one of the best Shilajits out on the market. It's been backed by multiple clinical trials. Organifi Shilajit stands out for its proven benefits, such as supporting energy, endurance, helping maintain healthy testosterone levels, and even boosting collagen. And for those of you who have a hard time taking capsules, guess what? Organifi is currently the only Shilajit gummy on the market. How exciting. It's a low-sugar gummy. All you need is one a day. Sometimes I take two. It provides you all of the minerals to support your energy and your hormones. I love Shilajit. I love Organifi. Shilajit, best in market. So if you want to get on the Shilajit train like I am, go to drg. Use the code DRG to get 20% off of your first order of Shilajit gummies. Enjoy. Those are We got five already. We were blessed with five. I love the reishi turkey tail. Those are actually two of the best studied for cancer.
0: Exactly. I remember
1: when I was in my residency, we were looking at, every day at new studies for reishi and turkey it's tail. It's just endless. Yeah, yeah, super supportive for the immune system. Um, nettles, nettles tea. I love nettles. It's one yeah. of my favorite ones. I find it particularly good for allergies, whenever right. the allergies are acting up. And um, cinnamon, is, you can put it, it's literally a spice, but it's it's medicine in yeah. your pantry. Right. Uh, you know, what I did one time, it was funny, I put it on Instagram. There was a cut. My girlfriend got a cut on her finger. And and uh, we were making a video about something else, but she got a cut. And I, I ran and I put cinnamon all over her finger. And it, it, it was goofy, but also it stopped the bleeding immediately. Yeah. It's, it was really awesome that we don't think about the medicines we have in our house yeah. and how understated they are overall. Um, I want to talk about having babies, Mm -hmm. okay? A lot of people listening go, all right, I've had one, I've had two, I'm having another. And a lot of people go, I want to have babies right now. Yeah. A lot of young parents, a lot of soon-to-be young parents, right? We're at that age. What are, from a Chinese medicine perspective, the things that are really blocking our fertility? Is it Male, female—is it—is it, is it uh, blocked meridians, emotions? What's going on, where people go? Hey, Doc, Doctor Bones, man, me and my partner—we've been trying for a year. We can't get—we can't get pregnant. We don't know what it is. Yeah. Where do we even start with that thinking?
0: Ooh, yeah. Fertility is—I uh, mean, it's kind of what put acupuncture on the map in the West because it's so successful at it. Um, so a lot of times, it could just be as simple as a block. And who knows where that block came from, but I've had women who couldn't get pregnant for so long and after just two acupuncture treatments were able to get pregnant, their next ovulation. Um, You know, one of my treatment protocols, especially when there's a lot, like I'll feel down there and there's like a density, there's cysts maybe, so I'll do some points and then east and just like opening that area. So, you know, basic just blockage, like energetic blockage, tissue blockage cysts and so doing things like abdominal massage or acupuncture can right away just clear that up Um, if that doesn't clear that up then you know there's you can go more nuanced into the treatment which is like syncing up cycles with particular formulas syncing up cycles with particular herbs and then um, syncing up your cycle also with like what you're doing and what, what daily habits you're doing. And so if it's been a pretty persistent issue, you know, having people really revamp their lifestyle and diet, and then also going into the deeper question around what the womb is asking for. Yeah. yeah.
1: What it's asking for. And it might be that clearing of generational anger.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and sometimes I see women that are doing incredible work that sort of feel like they haven't you know there's not one rock left unturned of their emotional stuff and they're still having issues with it and you know it's interesting i don't like i i personally have only had one case where a woman still isn't pregnant and that i've treated a few times um and and it just sort of feels like it's like there's an element to it that just kind of feels like it's out of our hands yeah. um but there's maybe something deeper inside of her that i'm just not aware of mm-hmm. you know i don't i feel like Another piece, too, is just, like, your practitioner can't see it all. And that it's, like, a lot of times it's just us going deeper within ourselves of just, like, what's preventing this from happening, you know? Where's my connection to the spirit of this child? And, like, how can I call this thing in 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 sort of, like, a ritual and safe way? Yeah.
1: That's beautiful to think about it that way.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: You know, a lot of people are stressed. A lot of people are suffering poor sleep, right? Yeah. I know there's different elements. I know that there's different organs. But what happens when a person is just not able to fall asleep or stay asleep or waking up when a, when a mouse walks in the room? they just up all night. They hear everything. Yeah. What's going on?
0: Yeah, that, um, a lot of times for like the insomnia, people will see blood deficiency or yin deficiency because the idea is at nighttime, we're supposed to have yin you know, like the density of like dropped into our bodies, dropped into our subconscious. And so that's a very yin state. So people with like serious yin deficiency or blood deficiency and blood deficiency from a Chinese medical perspective, you may or may not have something like anemia, but what it will look like is pale, fragile fingernails, brittle hair, um palpitations and things like you know high high caffeine things like cold raw foods will contribute to the yin just like starting to get burned out um so i usually will treat like i'll I'll usually help people with their sleep by doing herbs that will really kind of nourish the yin um also we see i i see like there's the time. There's the chi clock of the day. So between like, um, the liver time is one to three a.m. Gallbladder time is is uh, nine to eleven p.m. And so that time too, you'll um, is the wood time. So I'm also what I have seen is people with like repressed kind of emotions tend to be up at night because there's just like something that they need to like is like really evoking to be expressed and because that's the wood time the wood energy is really alive so it's keeping them up and we should actually be sleeping and then the wood energy the wood chi during that time should be focused on detoxing the body right but right. it's like instead it's like oh no we have these emotions that need to be taken care of
1: mm-hmm. yeah I hear that a lot people are like waking up in the middle of the night and just moving these emotions or not able to sleep even. right so it's just so fascinating to me because what I hear so much is art in medicine. It's Chinese medicine I have such a deep reverence for because the science now that we're we're starting to finally years, thousands of years put together, but the art is there, right? Like just to hear that we have like a, a kingdom and an emperor, empress and the soul and foggy windows, like it makes more sense to me understanding the body from the art yeah. Complemented with the science. And I think in Western medicine, we've gone, we have way too much on the science that we've lost that art. But to me, a true healer can balance both. Yeah. And I see that in you, right? The true healer. Like you, you really have, you got the art down packed. You care so much about the science and putting it out there for people too. Yeah. So before we wrap up, um, is there anything now in your, in your heart, Empress? What does the Empress want to say to the people right now? Uh, about anything Uh, I know that you have you know like I said you're a big repository of books uh, of all this knowledge but anything on your heart that needs to be said to the people
0: Um, yeah I've been I've been deepening my relationship to what it means to connect with the plants outside of like an herbalist that's studied a bunch but more so of just the simplicity of putting a leaf In a jar and pouring hot water over it, and what is happening to me with the second I do that? Like my nervous system's calming down, I'm breathing a little bit deeper, I'm connecting to the essence of this of this material that has been growing. And I've been like really tuning into the energy of what plants are offering and teaching me. And there's been this like conversation around like, I want to bring you relief, like this world is so complex, and it's so challenging sometimes to be human. And there's a symbiosis between the human and the plant. And the plants are like, hello, we're here to commune with you, we are here to help you, we're here to be medicine for you. And so, you know, and of course, like, the surges of like, deep consciousness expansion, were in the realms of plant medicine and ceremonies of plant medicine. I mean, it's like, Throughout the course of history, there no rich, like, deep, profound ritual did not take – like, didn't take place without a plant. Like, so it's um, – I just feel like <clears throat> what's on my heart is that I'm, like, feeling this call to really sort of turn my personal, you know, I guess, service to the world. The one-on-one healing sessions is beautiful, but also to just, like, offer people – that that we have a birthright. It's like in our DNA. It's in the blueprint of being a human that we are connected to the plants, and um, they want us to harvest them. They want us to like take them and use them. So I just feel like one thing people can do that's so easy is to just go to their local like herb shop, or even see if there's a plant walk in their community and see what like plants are just native to where they're living. Um, you know, and and tuning into how the indigenous people use the plants before them, um, or yeah, use the plants, and like historically, there's just endless uh, amounts of uses that we are not in touch with at all, of like so many of the plants just around here in Los Angeles, in the Santa Monica Mountains, so, and I had the the privilege of working with a Chumash woman who taught me so many things that you just can't find in any books or anything, and so I think once you kind of step into that path, it's like, infinite what it could give you
1: and ironically connecting back to the plants is connecting back to your own spirit right
0: exactly well and that's the thing it's like they just want yeah exactly they just want to bring you into more alignment with yourself it's beautiful and the more aligned that we are with ourselves, the more aligned we are we want to be with the earth and our connection to the earth and mm-hmm. you know a common theme for most people that have profound psychedelic journeys is like just like take a big whiff of the air and see what's around you and how much do we just love nature
1: yeah because nature is, that's the biggest teacher. It is us. expressed, yeah. And, you know, just like you said, learning that we are inherently attuned to the plants. Right. We, if we lived in the jungle, you and I, for a year, we'd be plant experts. You are already. But we'd be deeper plant experts, right? Right. Because we know exactly what's calling for us. Yeah. And I, I love that you said that because, you know, when I was in Ecuador, I met the, I was with the Sapara tribe. And they knew every plant and everything that it needed to. They knew the plants so deeply that in their dreams, the plants communicated what is needed for someone who needs, who's sick, for someone who's gotten injured. Literally, they would have the dream about how to make the concoctions. Mm -hmm. Like, come on. Like, we have that ability, but meanwhile we're just scrolling through Instagram and, you know, liking things on Facebook. Like, what? Our human potential is incredible, and you've just really pointed that out. So listen i'm in awe of you dr bones nadia i really love your work i no wonder why you are so highly sought after (laughs) um but i really am behind your new shift in wanting to just educate the world yeah and uh what a great podcast that we have right here to do that as as one of the big steps and and bringing people back to nature bringing people back to plants To me, that's the most important work we can do for our health, coming back to nature, and you're already on it. So thank you so much for joining the show, Doc. Thank you so much for your wisdom.
0: Thank you. Thank you. It's been great.